It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day, local experts on the big stories. I'm Bill Rossetti of PanthersWire.com, hitting you guys back up. Hope you guys are having a good week. And we definitely got a lot to cover here today as far as the Carolina Panthers go. Some news as far as free agent signings, as well as, of course, a free agent signing that thought was to be happening but didn't because of a failed physical, and we'll definitely get into that in a little bit. But I want to veer away from football for a moment because we have to talk about the biggest story in sports right now, and that, of course, comes from the NCAA tournament, which happened to take place in Charlotte. Now, if you guys know me, you know I'm a huge college basketball fan. I do bracketology, in fact, Top 10 Bracketologist over at Bracket Matrix, the Bracket Project, this season. So, pat myself on the on the back a little bit there. Did pretty well. But, we love the NCAA tournament for the upsets. You know, it's always fun to watch brackets get busted or watch the little dog come in and beat up on the big boys. And how fitting that I said, little dog because of the nickname. For those that lived under a a rock and missed it last night, unfortunate for you. But for those that witnessed it, simply amazing. For the first time ever in men's college basketball history, I just want to stress that because it has happened in the women's game before, but for the first time in the men's tournament, a 16 seed defeated a number one seed. That was the Retrievers of UMBC. And for those that have never heard of UMBC before last night, that stands for the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. They were the champions of the America East Conference, winning at Vermont, who was the prohibitive league favorite throughout the season. They won at Vermont to claim the league title. They go in and they die. And it wasn't just a close game. It wasn't one of those... You know, buzzer beater wins or single digit all the way through wins. This was a dominating performance by UMBC as they beat number one Virginia by 20 points. 20 points. 74-54. I think they said this was the first time all season that Virginia had given up 70 points. Or at least it's quite a rarity that Virginia gave up 70 points. But just unbelievable how this game transpired. Uh, Led, of course, by Jairus Lyles, who had 28 points, 28 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, as, a, as they also had three other players score in double figures. K.J. Moore had 10, Joe Sherburn had 14, and Arkel Lamar had 12. 
the big thing too was how well the, the retrievers shot from three, and that was the key here. They went 12 of 24 from beyond the arc. You know, usually when you hit 50% of your threes, you've got a good chance to win, and that's and that was the key for UMBC. They had they had the lead. They got off on that hot start to start the second half, and they never let up. Too many times when we see these 16s hanging with the ones, they get off to a little bit of a lead, but then something happens and they cool off, or they don't they don't become as a, as aggressive as they had been, and the one seed comes storming back. We saw a little bit with Kansas against Penn, but UMBC just kept the foot on the pedal and. Wrote their way right into history. And just watching that second half. And all the shots they hit. Um, just an amazing, amazing performance to watch unfold. And Jim Nance said it best when the clock hit zero. Shock and awe. I mean, I was always a firm believer that one of these years it was going to happen. That a 16 was going to be the one. I never thought this would be the game. Because remember, we're not just talking a one seed. We're talking the one seed. Virginia was the overall number one seed in the NCAA tournament. And UMBC just laid a pounding on them. But I always believed that a 16 would be the one. I never thought it would be this game. And I certainly never thought... It would be a 20-point margin of victory, especially when UMBC was about a 20-point underdog to Virginia. But again, when you hit 12 three-pointers, 10 of 14 free throw shooting, 20, 26 of 48, so they shot 54% from the floor. Just incredible. Ab absolutely incredible. And now... Now we have the ultimate bracket buster. We had, obviously, a couple upsets. You had a couple of 11 seeds advance in Loyola and Syracuse. You had a couple of 13s advance in um, Marshall and Buffalo. And that was the first shock. But Buffalo over Arizona and the way they dominated the Wildcats by 21 points. And then Marshall with the upset win over Wichita State. But obviously nothing will ever top this. I mean... I'm sure down the line, you know, it could be in a couple years, it could be 50 years from now, but we may see another 16 seed be the one seed. But we may never see a performance like this ever again with a 16 seed winning by 20 points. So congrats to UMBC and props to the man behind their social media account as well. I mean, he was just on fire and that was one of the highlights of Twitter. And one of the other fun highlights, too, one of the other fun tweets was Kansas State actually tweeting, yes, we packed the home whites. Because I legitimately thought about that. I tweet, tweeted something like, if you're an 8 or a 9 seed in the first round, do you even bring your home whites? I mean, obviously, I guess you kind of do because, well, obviously the 8 seed does because they're the home, they were the home whites in the 8-9 game. But the 9 seed, technically, I guess you should because of, this opportunity, well, here we are. Nine seed Kansas State will get to wear their home whites in the second round 
against 16 seed UMBC. And the winner of that game will go to the Sweet 16 against the winner of Kentucky and Buffalo. And real quick, you have to think now Kentucky is certainly in the driver's seat to get to the Elite Eight because now they have Buffalo, the 13th seed, in the second round. And if they win that, it's either Kansas State or UMBC in the Sweet 16. So what a way the bracket has been opening up. But there's my thoughts. I know I know a lot of you like want the football thoughts, but I just wanted to rant a couple minutes on that and just how amazing that was. I'll take a minute now and we'll talk. Panthers news, which is what you come, so we'll be right back talking Carolina Panthers free agency news. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And we're back. Bill Rossetti, back with you guys here on the Locked On Panthers. Again, hope you enjoyed my little rant on the UMBC Retrievers upsetting number one Virginia. But now we'll get back to the football field and talk about some of the news that happened in the last couple days regarding the Carolina Panthers. First, we'll start about the free agent signing in the middle of the defensive line. They have effectively replaced Star Lutulele, who of course signed with the Buffalo Bills, with Dontari Poe, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons. Poe is now on a three-year deal to really help eat up space. Uh, I think the Poe signing is is really good. You'll have him on the interior taking up some blockers. So it it should do wonders for the rest of the defensive line, especially a guy like Kaywon Shore, who has obviously already been very good. This just should give him even more opportunity to continue to grow. So I, I think a post-short combo on the interior is really going to be kind of a menace to opposing offensive lines. And so it'll be, it'll be really intriguing to see how some of these teams kind of attack that now. And then, of course, your collection of edge rushers, including Julius Peppers, who has decided to come back for one more year with the Panthers. And, of course... It's not just the veteran leadership, but he really had a fantastic season in 2017. So we're hoping that 
he'll come in and continue that, continue the run that he had last year. And if the Panthers decide to draft a young edge rusher, or if they get something out of Deshaun Hall, last year's third round pick, you know, try to coach him a little, a little bit, give him, give him that veteran help. But again, the, the Poe news, he had two and a half sacks, 23 tackles, two passes defended. Uh, so really helped out the Atlanta defensive line next to Grady Jarrett. So now we'll go from helping out Grady Jarrett to helping out uh, Vernon Butler. And, of course, K1 Shorts. A little curveball there. But, I mean, Ver- Vernon Butler will definitely get helped by this as well. You know, he's he's still he's still one that can come in and kind of rotate on the interior line. But again, the big the big two really is Short and Poe. But the way they kind of change guys around, even Kevin Love, sorry, yeah, Kevin Love, he's making the jump from NBA to NFL. Kyle Love, excuse me, um, gets into the rotation a little bit as well. So you're still looking at a a pretty solid front four and overall a good front seven, which continues to be the strength of this Carolina Panthers defense. And it certainly wouldn't be surprising to if they went out and drafted a uh, another defensive lineman at some point in the draft. I know even looking at the NC State D-line, there's been some talk plucking from there, perhaps at B.J. Hill or Justin Jones. So what wouldn't be surprised if in the, in the middle rounds they continue to target defensive line. So front seven is still intact. But they're almost back to square one when it comes to the secondary because the guy they thought would come in and be one of their top corners is no more. As Bashad Breland failed his physical with the Carolina Panthers due to a foot injury that he suffered a couple of weeks ago, I believe while on vacation. But a, a football injury, which they considered a non-football injury, had caused caused the Panthers to fail Bashad Breeland, thus terminating or avoiding the three-year contract that he had agreed to with the Carolina Panthers. So now he is back as a free agent, and it was a three-year. Three-year, $24 million contract that the Panthers had offered Rashad Breland. But it was a cut on his foot that he suffered while in the Dominican Republic earlier this month. And it turns out he'll need a skin graft to repair the injury, which he had initially suffered back in fourth grade. Again, so it was a three-year... Uh, $24 million deal, which is now voided, and Breland is back as a free agent. Uh, Maybe the Panthers, you know, there's nothing stopping the Panthers from going after him again, but certainly on a much lesser deal, maybe a one-year prove-it deal. But bottom line is now the Panthers are back in the cornerback market, and certainly some of the, the corners have been signing. But I did a profile on... 
one of the dra- one of the cornerbacks coming up in the draft that could could go in the first round that could be there at number 24 for the Panthers, and that's Isaiah Oliver of Colorado. And I was really impressed with because I, I watched a little bit of him then last night, and really liked the way he was able to stick to a lot of receivers. I I saw him against Utah and they have Darren Carrington. Colorado State and Michael Gallup, he was able to hang really well with those guys. In fact, I found a tweet from Pro Football Focus which showed just how well of a coverage corner he was. Uh, This is from Pro Football Focus. He allowed just a 75.7 passer rating when targeted in 2017. He made... 11 plays on the ball, 9 passes defended, and 2 interceptions. He also had 26 total tackles, including 20 solo for Colorado in 2017. So, Bre- I'm, excuse me, Oliver is definitely a guy that... I think should be, at the very least, on the radar for the Panthers at 24. Obviously, they need still need safety help, and that'll definitely be an option for them if they sit at 24. I know Derwin James is going to be the hot ticket, but you're going to have to trade up pretty high, probably into the top 12, say 12 to 15, to get Derwin James, you know, you really have to hope that the board is going to fall the right way and be able to come up with the right package to move up and get Derwin James. Otherwise, you could be looking at a guy like maybe Ronnie Harrison, which is actually who I mocked. I did a seven-round mock the other day from Fanspeak for Panthers Wire, and Ronnie Harrison led the way. And again, this was back when... This was obviously before this Breland news struck. So we were working under the assumption that cornerback was still a... Or cornerback was set, at least as far as the starters go, and then they turned their attention to safety. Now again, you know, it's a matter of what do they do now with cornerback? You know, so I'll look real quick for you guys. Who Spotrack has as some of the top... Top available free agents in the cornerback position. One of the, you know, a guy like Kendall Fuller, for example, got an offer sheet from the Packers. So now the Bears have a chance to match that. I was just seeing some news about EJ Gaines who I believe they said was looking at the Bills. I forget which team they said it was, but obviously a lot of the top corners are going. You know, Tremaine Johnson signed for big money. Just signed for big money with the Jets. So just looking quick here at some of the other top, or at least who NFL.com ranked as their top free agent corners, or at least who's available. 
Uh, Prince of Mukamara is still out there. Again, Bashad Breland. Or actually, let me double check. I thought I saw... thought I saw Amukamara might have signed somewhere, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I did. I thought so. He re-signed with the Bears. But Breland is out there. Uh, again, EJ Gaines. So, the corner market is certainly drying up a little bit as far as free agents. But again, I definitely like a lot of the top corners here. You know, Josh Jackson could be could be there potentially from from Iowa. So you've got a couple couple possibilities. MJ Stewart of North Carolina is a, is an intriguing option. I really like Mike Hughes out of Central Florida. So there's there's some options there. Jair Alexander obviously is another one. You know, I, I might have to do a profile on him. Obviously, the injuries kind of hurt him a little bit in 2017, but he's still a uh, a very good football player. But in any event, you know, it sucks losing Breland, but I don't think it's time to hit the panic button just yet. I'll take another quick break, come back, talk a little bit more NFL free agency here. Some of the other news that happened, including some breaking news that just came out a couple minutes ago. We'll get to that in a minute right here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bill Rossetti, back with you guys here on the Locked On Panthers Podcast. We're going to dip into some of the NFL notes now, including some breaking news that just came out from Adam Schefter, including involving a trade at the top of the draft. The New York Jets have moved up from number six to number three, and they've just announced the trade. The team itself has just announced the trade. They have acquired the number three overall pick from the Indianapolis Colts for the number six pick, two second round picks this year, which are number 37 and number 49, as well as a 2019 second round pick. Very nice haul for the Indianapolis Colts, getting getting two second-round picks and a second-rounder next year to, to move back just 
three spots from number three to number six, while the Jets, really interesting that they made this move now. Um, you obviously have to think it's for quarterback, but the question now is what's going to be there at number three, especially when there's now still always the possibility that another team can move up to number two because you have to think that the Giants are in a good position. And I've, I've said before, you know, might not have said on here, but I've in people I've talked to, it just in casual conversation, I've said the Colts are sitting on a gold mine at number three overall. You had to figure that that was a, a prime trade-up spot, and the Colts were probably going to – you had to think there was definitely a good chance the Colts were not going to sit at number three. They were going to look for a deal, move back, and make some picks, and this worked out great for them. They moved back to number six. And they pick up two picks in the second round. So now the Colts have number three, or excuse me, number six overall. They have their original pick in round two, number 36 overall, as well as now 37 and 49. So they actually now have back-to-back -back picks at the top of the, the top of the second round. So. Actually, now if you look at round two, it's it's pretty dominated at the top by the Browns and the Colts. Four of the first five picks in round two right now will be made by either the Cleveland Browns or the Indianapolis Colts. The Browns have picks 33 and 35, as they, of course, have Houston's second-round pick from the Brock Osweiler trade. So that's two of the first three picks in round two, and then the next two... 36 and 37 come from the or come from the Colts. And for a team that had a lot of holes on their roster, really needs to to rework almost every position, obviously quarterback notwithstanding, but just about every other position can use work. This was definitely a move the Colts had to make, pick up some extra picks. So, now now they have a little bit more ammo to work with to kind of help build this roster, you know, try to protect Andrew Luck, got to work on that defense. That defense is absolutely terrible. I mean, really the only, the only position you can maybe look at right now with the Indianapolis Colts and think that they're pretty set is safety, particularly Malik Hooker. Yeah, they did. Other, other than that, you know, maybe corner, but the only the only position you could feel good about right now on the Colts' defense is safety. So this this will give them a good opportunity to really build up build up some of these positions. You know, certainly running back will probably. Uh, will probably be addressed maybe early. So good for good for the Colts. And again, on the Jets, you know, it's, it's not often you see we, – we saw it a couple years ago, obviously, when the Rams 
traded up from 15 all the way to number one a few weeks before the draft. But obviously, when you trade up to number one, there's no chance that a team is going to jump over you because there's obviously no pick before number one. So the Rams traded up to number one, got their guy, and then the Eagles kind of followed suit because they figured the Rams were going to take Goff. The Eagles obviously wanted Wentz, so they traded up to number two to make sure they got Wentz. Well, here you are now with the Jets. You trade up to number three. Well, great. Cleveland, you figure, is going to take a quarterback at number one. Number two, again, is still in place. Someone can jump up and take number two if the Giants want to trade it. Now, the Giants, I I still think the Giants could take a quarterback at number two. I think they could possibly take a guy like Josh Rosen because I, w- I believe right now Sam Darnold is the guy for the Browns at number one. So then the dominoes are going to go from there. Do the Giants take Josh Rosen? I My belief right now is it's either Josh Rosen – Quentin Nelson, or trade back. Those, those, I think, are the three options, in my opinion, for the New York Giants. And especially now if another team, say the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have been a team we've been pegging to move up to number three since they made the trade with the Bengals to move up to number 12. It's a, it's a similar path as to what the Philadelphia Eagles did when they made the move for Wentz. They started at 13, traded up to 8, and then went from 8 to 2. The Bills have moved from 21 to 12. Very well now could move from 12 to maybe maybe now number 2. And remember, they still have their other first-round pick. They only traded the one first-round pick to the Bengals. That was 21. So they still have... 22. So they could use that in a package to possibly move up. Obviously, it would take a little more, but at least they still have a little bit of ammo to move up from 12, possibly to 2, maybe for a guy like Josh Allen. A lot of questions still to be answered, but again, I I think it's definitely now... There's a lot of options on the table, but I think this is definitely a good position now for the New York Giants. So that's my quick take on that trade. Uh, some, o- some other notes that we'll pass along here before we get out of here on free agency. Uh, to Rod Matthew, who was a guy that I'm, I, I know some Panther fans were kind of hoping would maybe come to Carolina. He signs with the Houston Texans on a one-year deal. The Texans have been a team that have certainly been busy so far in free agency. They signed cornerback Aaron Colvin, offensive guard Zach Fulton, and offensive guard Senio Calametti as they try to re- rework that uh, offensive line and certainly try to build around Deshaun Watson. Now they add to the secondary with Teron Matthew. Garrett Blunt, the former Eagles running back, reunites with new head coach Matt Patricia in Detroit. He signed as he signed a one-year deal with the Lions. We've heard the story. They've gone almost 70 games without a 100-yard rusher. Could Garrett Blunt pound and ground his way to 
one of those types of games for the Lions. We'll see. Um, Ryan Jensen becomes the highest paid center in the NFL as he signs a four-year, $42 million deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, including $22 million guaranteed. So he locks in at center. That moves Ali Marpet to right guard. Uh, Kyle Fuller, who is another corner on the market, had gotten an offer sheet from Green Bay, but Chicago has decided to match the four-year $56 million offer sheet that the Packers gave him. So Fuller stays in Chicago. He, of course, had gotten the transition tag, so if Chicago did not match the, the offer, Chicago would not have received any draft compensation had he gone to Green Bay, but they decided to keep him. Uh, the pa- Patriots a little busy as well, signing former Bengals running back Jeremy Hill, who really tailed off after his rookie season and obviously kind of got on the outs after the drafting of Joe Mixon, and you still have the pass-catching abilities of Giovanni Bernard. So Hill was on the outs. He's now at the Patriots, as is former Falcons edge rusher Adrian Claiborne, who got a two-year, $12 million deal with the Patriots. And one more note, Sheldon Richardson, one-year deal with the Vikings. Really, really have to think now that it is Super Bowl or bust for the Minnesota Vikings, as that is a pretty nasty defensive line. And really, the overall roster right now, the Vikings, looks really good. So with that, I think we'll wrap things up here. Uh, again, really appreciate you guys sticking staying with me here. Hope you enjoyed our kind of run-through of some of the latest talk, both in football and college basketball. Again, if you're if you fill that an NCAA bracket, hopefully it's not totally shredded, thanks to Virginia. But in any event, enjoy the rest of the tournament. Enjoy the rest of free agency. Again, we'll start getting into some draft talk very soon here, too, as we're now only about five weeks away from the NFL draft. So it's really approaching quickly. So with that, uh, again, shout out to the rest of the Lockdown crew. Remember to check them out. And again, speaking of NFL Draft, check out the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast with John Ledger and Trevor Sikama. Got some great stuff going. I listened to them the other day. They're teasing a big project coming soon, so definitely be on the lookout for that as they get ready and get you ready for the NFL Draft in late April. But until next time, this is Bill Rossetti saying thanks for listening to the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. But for this particular day, I am out. We'll see you next time right here on LOP. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 